listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. As I was praying for you today, of course, we're fasting and praying, believing God for violent increase in the last six months of 2020. Uh, This began to jump up in my spirit because I know that, especially those of you that are on here all the time, you believe in the blessing of God. You believe in the increase of heaven. You believe in prosperity. You believe in abundance. Um, But I wanted to get on and talk to you about this tonight because I want to give you six Bible reasons why you will be financially blessed. And this is going to stir your faith up, man. Six Bible reasons tonight why you will be abundantly blessed financially. And, um, and it's going to help you because I know there's people that they believe in the blessing of God, but if they were really ever questioned on it, they may not know exactly why they believe in the blessing of God, or they couldn't really give you a full out answer as to why they believe in the blessing of the Lord. I'm going to give you six and I may give you a bonus. I may give you two bonuses. We're going to see. I've got some things in my spirit. I could give you eight. I'm full. I'm full of information tonight. I'm full of revelation. I want you to write these down. I'm going to come to Louisville as soon as possible, Ryan. I know Pastor uh, Pastor Bob called me um, back. What before? What was it before the New Year? I told him I'd come as soon as possible. I'm happy to come at any time. We're we're getting everything scheduled for the upcoming months. But I wanted to do this for you because uh, as we're confessing violent increase and expedited favor. And by the way, take a minute and share the broadcast. You need to know why. And I want to give you six reasons with maybe two bonuses, at least one bonus, why you can expect to be financially blessed before this year comes to an end without question. And I'm saying this, it doesn't matter what happens in the economy, doesn't matter what happens in the stock market, doesn't matter what happens in the government. Those are not defining factors for a believer. Those are not defining factors for a believer. So I'm going to show you from the word of God Uh, these reasons tonight, why you will be financially blessed. But before I even start by faith, I want you to write it in the comments tonight. I will be financially blessed. I will be financially blessed. And I know you will be, but I wanted to give you these because I want you to see it from scripture as to why God's going to bless his children and what he's going to do to bless you. And this is going to help you. This is going to help you. Um, The first thing that I want you to see as you're writing it in the comments, I will be financially blessed. See, one of the things people don't realize is that the blessing of the Lord is part of your redemptive covenant. It's one of the reasons Jesus shed his blood. Wasn't just for salvation, wasn't just for healing, but the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, the Bible says, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty he could make you rich. Now, if you want to sit and argue that the poverty that Jesus experienced was spiritual poverty, then you don't even have an argument to stand on. Well, that's talking about the fact that he became spiritually poor so we could become spiritually rich. You've got a big problem there. 
because uh, Jesus was not spiritually poor. If he was, he would not have been qualified to take the sins of the world upon himself. He was not spiritually poor. Jesus was perfect spiritually, perfect spiritually. But he took these things upon his body on the cross. He took sin, he took sickness, he took poverty. In fact, did you know that the angels in heaven are actually saying this about Jesus 24-7? If you read Revelation chapter 5 and verse 12, the angels are flying around the throne saying, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth. Wealth is the second thing mentioned of the seven. Hallelujah. One translation says riches. And so one of the reasons that the lamb was slain was to receive wealth and riches, according to scripture. Well, does he need them? No. He's in heaven where he doesn't need any wealth or riches. He's surrounded by heaven's riches. So he didn't die because he needed them. In the same way, he didn't die because he needed to be forgiven of sin. He, ne- he never committed sin. He died so you could be forgiven of sin. He didn't need to be healed. He was never sick. He died so you could be healed. And in the same way, he didn't die so he could be rich and wealthy. He died so that you could experience the blessing of God financially on the earth. You see that? It's all for you. It's not for him. He didn't need it. Jesus never needed it, any of those things. Isn't that interesting? Jesus never needed any aspect of redemption in his own life, never did. He was always free from sin. He was always free from sickness and he was always free from poverty. So he didn't need those things for himself. He needed them so he could deliver them to us as victors, amen. And so I want you to see this with me. I'm gonna give you these reasons why you can expect to be financially blessed. Number one, And I want to explain them and break them down to you. Number one, the first reason you can expect to be financially blessed is because the Lord is your shepherd. I want you to put that down in your notes. You can write it in the comments if you want. The Lord is my shepherd. The fact that he is your shepherd, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, Emmy. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9. Number one is that the Lord is your shepherd. Now I'm going to break this down for you. But it's very important that you catch this. David wrote in the 23rd Psalm, in the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I will not lack. I will not lack. So the very first reason you can expect to be financially blessed is because the Lord himself is your shepherd. He is your shepherd. Let me break this down quickly so you can see the kind of shepherd that he is. Psalm 23. Hallelujah. The Bible says, the Lord's my shepherd. I will not lack or want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, more than enough. Leads me beside still waters, restores my soul. Leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You're with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. Look at this. You prepare a table before me. Hallelujah. In the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's Old Testament. It's better in the new. 
Because the Lord is your shepherd, you will never lack. Think about that for a minute. The Bible says this in Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 17. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way that you should go. So notice this, the Lord who is your shepherd is the same person who teaches you to profit. P-R-O-F-I-T, to profit, to increase. And leads you in the way you should go. And the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. So God doesn't ever lead me into decrease. He doesn't ever lead me into a place where I diminish. He doesn't ever lead me into a place where I become hurt or broken or poor. He doesn't ever lead me into sin. He doesn't ever lead me into sickness. He doesn't ever lead me into bankruptcy. He leads me into blessing. What's up, Rohan? Very greedy for the welcomes. Think about this. If that's the case, if God, as some people teach, is so against people being financially blessed, why is it that for all of his people, even in the Old Testament, why is it that he blessed them for for their obedience financially? Why is it that Abraham was so abundantly blessed that he had his own personal army? And was very rich, the Bible said, in gold and silver and cattle. He was blessed because of his covenant with God. Why would God use financial increase as a means to bless Abraham if God is against financial blessing and wealth and riches? If God's against it, why did he bless Isaac with so much wealth, so much riches, that the king showed up at his house and said, please, you've got to move away from here and take all your stuff and go somewhere else because you and your household have become too mighty for us. If God was so against it, if God's so against it, why was David a multi-billionaire? If you don't know this, David gave an offering to build the temple of God that his son Solomon would actually build. He gave the offering to build it. And do you know that David alone, think about this. I calculated one time just his gold and his silver that he gave to build the temple. It was in today's value over $6 billion worth of gold and silver that he gave personally. When his elders saw it, they started giving the total of their gold and silver combined with his over $20 billion in one offering. That's a massive offering. If God is so against financial increase, if he's so against prosperity, if he's so against the blessing uh, that is seen in the natural realm, why would he allow David to be blessed like that? Why was Solomon blessed like he was blessed? If God's so against it. Let me ask you another question. If God's so against it, How come the first thing that happened to Jesus is that a caravan of wise men showed up with treasures that were fit for a king because they believed he was a king? You realize that, don't you? They actually saw the sign in the stars and believed Jesus was an actual king, that he would be an earthly king. And when they showed up, 
It's not like you see in the nativity scenes at Christmas time where some, you see like one wise man with a little box of gold, a little box of frankincense, and another one has a little box of myrrh. No, they brought gifts that were fit for a king. In fact, the amplified version of what it says when it says that they brought it to him said they opened unto him their treasure bags. Think about that. They opened unto him their treasure bags. They brought, if God was so against blessing, why did he start Jesus' life in overflow? Do you know many Bible scholars believe that what was given to him by the wise men was more than enough finances to support Jesus and his whole family as they left and moved to Egypt during the time of persecution where Herod was killing all the babies and they didn't come back until he was older. And so they believed that the money, it literally covered them when they were overseas. We know Jesus was blessed. Jesus was not poor. Jesus was not poor. Do you know that the Bible teaches that Jesus had a house in or around Galilee that his disciples came and stayed with him in his house and abode with him for the day and fellowshiped. Jesus wasn't homeless. He wasn't poor. If God was against blessing, why did he make Jesus blessed from the beginning of his life and then throughout his ministry? Did you know the Bible says that uh, wealthy people attached themselves to Jesus, Luke chapter eight, verses one through three, Wealthy people attached themselves to Jesus and regularly sowed into his ministry. He employed a treasurer who held the money bag that often stole from the money bag, Judas. And they never went without. They never lacked anything. You don't see any verses of scripture where they said, hey, where'd all the money go? You know what that shows you? They had so much money in the bag that Judas could often steal for himself and nobody even noticed it was gone. Amen. It's proof too, because when they went to uh, Lazarus' house, the Bible says they sat there and uh, she, the woman came in and she, she had the, uh, the jar of precious um, perfume that was worth a year's wages. She broke it open and anointed, anointed Jesus' body with it. And Judas said, well, we should have sold that and gave the money to the poor. The Bible tells us plainly, he didn't say that because he wanted to bless the poor. He said it because he wanted to steal some of that money for himself out of the money bag. Jesus had so much that he was being stolen from and it never affected him or his followers and their ministry. Never once. You'll never find a place in the, um, in the, in the word where, uh, you know, Jesus was trying to go do something and they said, oh, we can't actually, the money's run out. You'll not find it. You'll never find it. Harry Mary said, save money. Don't buy a ticket to watch Arsenal play football. (laughs) In this current climate, you're probably right. Probably right. That's right. Judas was shady. And so I want you to understand, Jesus never went without. God honored him. God blessed him. And from the moment he was born, he was blessed. So if God is so against it, like all these people teach, God's, you know, money's the root of all evil. Bible doesn't even say that. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. So I want you to see this with me tonight. Very important. Jesus was blessed. And if the Lord is your shepherd in the same way he was Jesus' shepherd, let me tell you what's going to take place is that God's going to lead you into places where you will prosper and you will profit. 
Thank you, Lord. He's going to lead you into places where you will prosper and you will profit. Hallelujah. Declare it by faith. I will prosper. I will profit. I will prosper. I will profit. (laughs) Hallelujah. I will prosper. I will profit without question. I'm not going to diminish. I'm not going to lack. I'm not going to go without because the Lord is my shepherd and I will not lack. And he's teaching me to profit. I will prosper. I will profit in Jesus mighty name. And so will you. So will you. You'll not miss out on the goodness of God. You will not miss out on the blessings of God. Before this year comes to an end, you'll see the mighty increase of heaven in your life. And tonight I'm giving you the reasons why. You will prosper and you will profit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You will prosper. You will profit. Why? Number one, the Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. When God leads you, he's always taking you into a place where you'll be blessed. Amen. I mean, let me tell you a story. When I went to Bible school, and you've heard me tell some of this before, When I went to Bible school, I was only 17, just turned 18, had no previous work experience, hadn't done anything with my life yet. I was just getting out of high school, went there, had an amazing thing take place. When I got to Tulsa, in one day, now first of all, I was only there because of the fact the Lord told me to go there. I was planning to go somewhere else. Did you know that I was actually on my way to go to Rhode Island? And go to the Bible school that my cousin Jonathan was at, where all my family attended. I was going to room with Jonathan. He's going to be my roommate. We're going to hang out. God probably saved us from jail looking back. But the Lord spoke to me when I was still in high school. said, don't go to Rhode Island. Go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I obeyed him. I got there. Now, if this isn't a sign unto you that I was in the right place at the right time, I don't know what is. I get to Tulsa. And for breakfast, at breakfast at Cracker Barrel, I had the man of God, R.W. Shambach, was there at breakfast. And he prayed over me because that was the day I was going to go out and look for a job. And there was Brother Shambach right at breakfast. He said, let me pray over you that God blesses you. So I went and stood in Cracker Barrel and Brother Shambach prayed a prayer. And he said, Lord, give him the best possible job that he could have in the city. And I was thinking to myself, I mean, at 18, you know, to make the most amount of money I could make, what could I even do? So I received the prayer from Brother Shambach. I started going around the city, putting in job applications, went to the mall. And listen to this. I go to the mall in the same day. I'm putting in job applications at the mall I go up to a suit store to put a job application into the suit store. Out of the suit store walks T.L. Osborne, one of the greatest missionary evangelists in the history of the world. Comes right out. And he recognized my father from being in several crusades. And he said, it's Shambach's sidekick. And he walked over. And he asked what, what we were doing in, in the city and all that. And my dad said, well, my son's coming to Bible school and everything. And he said, is that right? And he said, what do you, and he, and he told him, he said, we're putting in job applications. And uh, 
Brother Osborne had suits. He just bought suits. He was going to Russia to, to do a pastor's conference. He's going to preach to 20,000 pastors. He put the suits down on the ground right by the food court. I mean, we were, we were within the scent of fried rice. And, and Brother Osborne looked at me and he said, young man, lift up your hands. You know, he talked like that. Young man, lift up your hands. And so I lifted up my hands and Brother Osborne laid hands on me in the food court, right by it, in the Woodland Hills Mall in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he began to pray, God, give him the best possible job that he could have. In the Same thing Brother Shambach prayed only hours before. If that wasn't a sign to me that two of the greatest men of God on the earth at the time laid hands on me in the same day, prayed almost exactly the same prayer. And then I left him there. You know, he, he was, he went on his way. We went on, did our thing. I get back to what's now going to be my apartment in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm unloading my van, all the stuff that I had in the minivan into my apartment. And it's nighttime now it's dark out and I'm unloading. And all of a sudden a dude comes walking across the parking lot of the apartment complex and he says, hey, man, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm just moving into the apartment complex. He said, that's cool. He said, "Is he said, are you um, are you going to Bible school here? I said, yeah, because our apartment complex right down the street. He said, yeah, absolutely. And um, he said, well, have you got a job yet? I said, no, I haven't. I put in applications today, but I haven't got a job. He said, bro, you need to go and put in an application where I work. He said, they're hiring right now. I said, really? I, he said, yeah. He said, you should go down there tomorrow. They're hiring right now. So the next day, I put on a suit and tie, shined my shoes. I went down to this place called Metris, Metris Corporation. And I found out when I got there that Metris was just like a third party that worked for MasterCard, that basically was a collections agency for MasterCard. I'd never done anything like that in my life. But he told me they were paying good money. I said, that's cool with me. Uh, you have to remember this was the year 2000, 20 years ago. And I went in and I put in my application and out comes the uh, manager. He goes, I just went over your application. Now I was expecting him to tell me he was going to give me a call back to come back maybe later for an interview or whatever. He said, don't even bother going home. He said, I want to interview you right now. I thought, man, that's a, that sounds like a good deal. He said, just wait here in this waiting room and I'll give you a call in a second. I'll have you come over here and I'll, I'll, I'll sit down with you and, and meet with you. Well, I mean, like this had to be God and it had to be the result of those prayers because number one, I had no, um, I, I, I had no, um, you know, there was no monster.com back then. You know, I, I had, I had no, um, what's, I can't think of the word, um, Somebody help me in the comments with the word I'm looking for. Resume. I had no resume. There was nothing I could put on paper that I'd done before. I had cut some grass for money in West Virginia. I had gone down to my dad's office and helped pack cardboard boxes full of product for his me. That's all. That's all I'd ever had. No, no, no work experience, no job experience. So he calls me in. He's looking over my resume. He said, you know, he starts asking me questions. He says, well, let me ask you this. He said, how much money would you like to make? I thought that's, that's quite a question. 
This was all the way back in in uh, in 20, 2000, and I don't even know what minimum wage was, but I do know that my friend said he was making ten fifty an hour, and I wanted to at least beat him, so I was like, I'd like to make about ten seventy five an hour. Do you know he didn't even haggle with me? Made me kick myself later. I thought I should have probably asked for more money. He said, "You got it, ten seventy five an hour." Back then, that was like really good money because I don't know what minimum wage was, but it was it was much more. And so he said, "You got it, ten seventy five an hour." Well, I go in, I walk uh, upstairs. They give me this training for about a week. I don't know what I'm doing. I sit down, and literally by the favor of God, think about this: by the favor of God. Can I tell you, because the Lord is my shepherd and I followed his instructions and God brought me to brother Shambach, brought me to brother Osborne, did everything the Lord wanted me to do, got this job by the inspiration of the Lord. And let me tell you, I sat down with no experience and the favor of God came upon me because of all that and me being led by the spirit. I was in Tulsa because I was supposed to be. I was with Brother Shambach because I was supposed to be, met Brother Osborne because I was supposed to be, talked to my neighbor, got that job because I was supposed to, got them up, and I found out later it was one of the best jobs you could have in the city, just like they prayed, making the most money. I go in with no experience, the favor of God's on my life. I start doing so well at the job. Think about this, 18 years old, sitting in a call center, just nonstop calling people all day long, getting cussed out all day long just getting F-bombs dropped on me from every direction because I'm calling to collect on debt. (laughs) And literally, I don't know what it was, if it was my personality or if it was like just the authority of God on my life. I would just tell people to pay their debts off and they would. I promise you before the Lord, I would just be like, dude, you don't need to keep dragging this out. Get your checkbook and let's pay this whole card off. And people like, you know what? You're right. I'm going (laughs) to, it was like, I was 18, bro. Just telling people, you know what? Just pay your debts off. It's time to get this credit card paid off. I had one guy, he was like, well, I, I, I was, <laughs> he goes, I can't pay it off. I was like, why can't you? He goes, well, it's because I'm in my house and, uh, you know, my checkbook's in my truck. And I, without missing a beat, I was like, you, you're on a cordless phone, aren't you? He was like, well, yeah. I was like, well, then go outside to your truck and get your checkbook and write me a check. He did it. He didn't pay the minimum balance. He paid the card off. And, you know, you got, you know, every, every call is being listened to, you know, to make sure you're not breaking any laws. And literally at 18 years old, because the Lord is my shepherd, I'm sitting there doing this job, just half being goofy and telling people to pay it. And it's working. It's working so well, in fact, that they start dropping bonuses on me all the time. I'm not just now, I'm not just making my paycheck. Now they'd come to my desk. Hey, you're doing a great job. Here's an extra 500 cash. Here's an extra 300. Here's an extra 800. All the time, like all the time. As a result of being led by God's spirit, the Lord is my shepherd. I can't sit in front of you tonight and tell you like other people tell you about how hard my Bible school experience was. And man, I didn't have any money and I had to eat ramen noodles and I had to do, I didn't have to do any of that. I didn't have to struggle. I didn't have to struggle to pay my rent. I didn't have to struggle to pay my bills. I didn't have to struggle to pay insurance. I don't have to struggle to do anything. Nothing. Nothing. But because the Lord is my shepherd, I will not want, I'll not lack for any good thing. 
And they kept dropping money on me. And it was for no explanation, no reason. You know what they started doing next? I'm 18. You know what they started doing? They started sitting people at my desk with me. <laughs> like this is Just to tell you this story 20 years later makes me laugh. I'm 18. I barely know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. I was collecting a million dollars every 10 days. I was averaging $100,000 of collections a day. $100,000 for MasterCard a day. Just like out of the blue. They start sitting people at my desk to learn whatever. (laughs) Can I tell you something? This is how I know it was the favor of God. I didn't even... You know, and I'm not, you know, think about it. I'm, I'm 17, basically just turned 18, like a month before I wasn't even, I wasn't even mature. Not that I'm mature now, but I wasn't even mature. I, I didn't even take my job seriously. I would be sitting at my desk. <laughs> I'd be sitting at my desk and I would do this thing. <laughs> we would have these bets that would go on and the guy would be like, I bet you can't slip a word in there and just keep saying this random word. And we would pick a random word (laughs) and they'd be like, I bet you can't collect that debt and say this word like 20 times in in the conversation, slip it in. I was like, I bet you I can name the word. And and I remember one time the word ended up being canoe, like, you know, like a boat that you would (laughs) canoe. He was like, I bet you can't slip the word canoe in there and still collect the debt. I said, I bet you I can. And I called the next person up and without missing a beat, I didn't even act like it was, I was like, hello, canoe. This is Ted Shuttlesworth canoe from direct merchants bank canoe. I'm calling on behalf of MasterCard canoe to, uh, to collect on your credit card debt canoe. And I noticed here that your minimum balance or your minimum payment due today is $38 canoe. And I wanted, so I just kept going like that. I must've said it 20 or 30 times in the conversation. The dude says to me at the end, (laughs) the dude says to me at the end of the call, he goes, yeah, man, I'll, I'll pay my card off. But can I ask you a question? I was like, absolutely. Canoe. (laughs) The guy goes, I'll pay the card off tonight, but can I ask you a question? Why do you keep saying canoe? I, no lie, no lie. Without missing a beat, I said to the guy, he goes, why do you keep saying, why do you keep saying canoe? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about, canoe. <laughs> and I literally, I'm being honest with you, I didn't even take it seriously. I was just, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about, canoe. I I wouldn't even, but literally by the Lord is my shepherd. He had me in the place I was supposed to be prayed over by who I was supposed to be prayed over, got the job he had for me sitting there under the favor of God, bringing in a hundred thousand dollars a day. Now they're giving me raises and bonuses. Now they're sitting people at my desk. Now they're trying to, (laughs) I don't know why they did this. Now they're trying to use people, uh, trying to put people with me to learn how to do what I'm doing. And literally it just, it was increase after increase after increase. I never struggled. I never struggled for finances. I I was abounding. I can't say I struggled through Bible school. It was such, I didn't. I was abundantly blessed. I had far more than enough. I was, 
I can remember sowing seeds into teachers <laughs> at the school. I'd come up to them after, you know, I, I just, I had money. I'd come up to the to the teachers at the end of class, say, the Lord told me to bless you. And I'd write them a check and put it in their hand. And I know some, I'm sure, you know, who knows? These teachers deal with Bible school students all the time. They probably expected it to be like 15 bucks or, you know, 20 bucks. When they look at it and see how much it was, you know, their, their eyes got big. I, I didn't struggle. I couldn't struggle. Why? The Lord is your shepherd. If the Lord's your shepherd, he said in Isaiah 48, 17, I'll teach you to profit and I'll show you which way to go. You will be blessed because you're led by the spirit of God. If the Lord's your shepherd, you can't lack. The problem with many believers is he's not really their shepherd. They're not hearing his voice. They're not doing what he's asking them to do. They're not going where he's telling them to go. And if you don't go the way God's asking you to go, he's not required to pay your fare. But when the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, when you're walking in his way, catch this, he'll provide for the way he's told you to go. See, everybody likes to quote um, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good, brother. Not for everybody. Not for everybody. The Bible doesn't say that all things work together for good for everybody. But read the whole verse. It says all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So if the actions of your life don't show you love God, if you want to know what that means, go to John 14, 21. Jesus said, the ones who love me are the ones who have my commandments and obey them. So if God's speaking to us to do things and we don't do them, you know, my, my uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth, uh, used to teach this constantly. He would teach this, uh, this principle that everything is based upon an instruction. Everything's based upon an instruction from God. You get the instruction first and the instruction gives you an action to take. And then the action you take brings the harvest you're believing for. Harvests are not arbitrary. They're not random. God doesn't just drop them out of heaven on whoever he feels like dropping them on. Every harvest is the result of right actions to proper instructions. Catch that. Catch that. Thank you for sowing, Kelly. Catch that. Every harvest in your life, none of them are random. Every single one is the result of right actions governed by proper instruction from the Lord. When God gives you an instruction, it will cause you, it gives you the power to take an action that will bring you into increase. <laughs> there is my uncle Terry. <laughs> and my uncle Terry said, please tell the biting story. It's the best ever. Let me preface this story by saying I was extremely, extremely immature. As long as we've got that out of the way. They started, as I mentioned, they started sitting these people with me at my desk. And they sat this girl with me at my desk. If I did this in 2020, I'd be in jail. Straight up, I'd be in jail. They sit this girl with me at my desk. And she just like hardcore starts flirting with me. Like... Literally, she was getting handsy. She was tickling me, all this stuff. And I'm sitting there like, come on, what in the world is going on? I'm supposed to be working. Got this girl. 
I, I don't even want to see her ever again. They've got, they've got her sitting next to me. Now she's flirting with me and she's, she's doing inappropriate stuff. And I don't know. I mean, looking back, I don't even know how I came to this conclusion, but I'm trying to think to myself, how do I get this girl like out of my life, out of my way? How do I like get her to never sit at my desk again? <laughs> and so one day and she's doing all her stuff. I just couldn't take it anymore. I grabbed her arm. You know, she's seated next to me at my desk. I grabbed this girl's arm and bit this girl. (laughs) I bit this girl in her arm. (laughs) And she ran and she told the manager, Ted bit my arm. Ted bit me. (laughs) <laughs> Which is, I'm sure, something that they didn't have to deal with in corporate America often. So I get called in. <laughs> I get called in to the office, like at school. The district manager wants to see you in his office, <laughs> and I don't know. I, I, you know, I there's not. I don't have any defense for myself. Like, what am I going to say? I'm a, listen. I'm a biter. Don't know what to tell you. I'm a biter. I go in and I'm like slouched in a chair, you know? And so the guy's trying to give me like a real, the thing that makes me laugh is, you know, I came from the Shuttlesworth family. So like what other thing, what other people feel like is, is harsh. Like, Oh, I got to talk to, I got yelled at. You don't know what being yelled at is my friend. I've been yelled at by the best of them. <laughs> so very little, if anything, phases me at all. Even at the age of 18, pretty much nothing phased me. I go in and sit down <laughs> and the guy like acts like he's reading me the riot act. You know, he's like looking over his glasses at me from his desk, looking, looking down at a sheet of paper. Like who typed, did it have to be typed up? Who typed it up? You needed a report typed up? Who typed it? What did it say on the paper? Ted bit girl. I mean, I don't know what else could be typed. He types it. He's looking at the report. Well, Ted, I've got a report here that you have bitten one of your coworkers. You know, it's like at that point, it's like, you know, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Like, I did not. I mean, I did it. It's an open call center floor. Probably 20 people saw me bite the girl. And so I'm sitting there. He's looking over his paper. We've got a report here that you have bitten this girl and, you know, whatever else. And like, what, what, else, what am I going to say? I look, I look across the desk and I'm like, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I responded. I was like, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> So this was his response. He was like, yeah, Ted, we're going to have to ask you to go ahead and not do that anymore. (laughs) We're going to have to ask you to go ahead and not do that anymore. I was like, all right, if you say so. (laughs) Like it was something that we could debate about. So you're telling me that if I come to work, I can't bite my fellow workers. 
Is that what you're saying? We're going to have to ask you. Yeah, she stopped sitting with me, Tim. All said and done, though, like, let's just be very honest. Tim's asking, did she leave you alone? Bottom line, she was no longer at my desk. So who actually won that one? I did. Because did they fire me? No, they didn't. Can't fire old Ted. Old Ted's bringing in $100,000 a day. Old Ted's an earner. Can't fire old Ted. He's a biter, but he's an earner. (laughs) I'm going to make a t-shirt. He's a biter, but he's an earner. Can't fire old Ted. Let me tell you something. Looking back, that might be (laughs) one of the greatest pictures (laughs) Of God's favor. (laughs) I can bite my coworkers and still get promoted. (laughs) I can bite my coworkers and still get bonuses and raises and promotions. (laughs) He's an earner, but he's a biter. Please don't try this at home. But no lie, they didn't fire me. I promise you that. They did not fire me, and they did keep promoting me. They did keep promoting me. And I, I'm just telling you, it's it just, obviously, I, I'm i not really teaching that doctrine. But at the same time, it's like there was nothing that could happen. I kept on, and that wasn't the only incident, not that I was biting other people. But, you know, I just was goofing off all the time, but still doing my work and doing it in excellence. Kept getting promoted, kept getting raises, kept getting bonuses. You know, he's an earner, but he's a biter. (laughs) They couldn't fire me. How are you going to fire a dude that's bringing in a million dollars every 10 days? You can't do it. You can't do it. You're going to give up the million dollars? I don't think so. I'm sure somebody was in a back room somewhere like, let him bite whoever he wants to bite as long as he keeps bringing in the money. But the bottom line is this. This is a good segue. If the Lord is your shepherd and you're not a biter, you'll not want. No, I'm being honest with you. Everything that you see in that context, right place, right time, instructions of God obeyed, in the place God wants you to be, doing what he's called you to do. When you follow the steps God gives you as instruction and you obey the instructions of God, increase has to come. There's nothing the devil can do. There's nothing the devil can do to hinder your covenant of increase. He's not a part of that covenant. It's you and it's God. That's it. It's you. It's God. God gives instruction. He gives seed to the sower. Sower sows seed. Increase. Can't stop it. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. So number one, One reason, I'll tell you, the number one reason that you will be blessed is that the Lord's your shepherd. Number two is that you're holy. People ignore this one, but it's one of the biggest reasons God blesses you. It's because you're holy and set apart unto him. What does the Bible say? Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. And if you study the context of Matthew 6, he's not talking about spiritual things. He's talking about natural things. Where will I live? What will I wear? What will I eat? Natural things. All these things that other people are dying to get, working three jobs to get, will just be added unto you. They'll just be added unto you. 
Your holy set apart lifestyle attracts the favor of God and the blessing of God into your life. What does the Bible say in uh, Psalm eighty four eleven? The Bible says the Lord God is a sun and a shield and he gives more grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from those that walk uprightly. God will not withhold any good thing from his holy set apart people. Job 36, 11, what does the Bible say? If they will only obey and serve me, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Your holy set apart lifestyle puts you in position for the blessing of God to come upon your life. I like what Pastor Adeboye taught, that holiness is the master key in the kingdom. Other things, you know, faith is not the master key because there are things that can cause your faith to fail. Things that can keep your faith from working. You don't walk in love. Your faith doesn't work if you're not walking in love. So faith is not the master key because there are things that can keep your faith from working. Prayer is not the master key. Praise is not the master key. The master key that opens every door is holiness because nothing can hinder a person who's holy, set apart, nothing. And so when you step out in that and understand my obedience, my holiness keeps me in a place of never ending increase, never ending increase. That's God's plan. Number three, you're a tither and a giver. You are a tither and you are a giver. I mean, I'm not going to spend this broadcast if people don't believe in tithing. You're not going to, you're going to argue about tithing. I'll just say very plainly what Bishop David Oyedepo said. If you're not a tither, you'll always be a beggar. If you're not a tither, you'll always be a beggar. I refuse to rob God of what belongs to him. I refuse. I'll not. It'll be the first thing that takes place. It's the first thing out of my house. Soon as increase comes, the tithe is going out. And right behind it, offerings of obedience. Offerings of obedience. And I refuse to do things that mean nothing to me. See, that's something we've got to get as believers. Is that uh, we can't be... Do you know, and this is sad. I've actually seen, I've actually seen people walk down <laughs> during the offering to the offering plate... <laughs> and make change in the offering plate. I've watched that happen. I mean, what? <laughs> why don't you just try to reach up into heaven and slap God in the face? I've seen people take out a $10 bill, a $10 bill, and ask one of the ushers standing by the offering plate if they could get a five back. If somebody is so cheap, I mean, first of all, I think this needs to be said, and I'm not ashamed to say it. In America, where we are blessed, we can't be flippant. Thank you, Amory, for sewing. We can't be flippant about what we give to God. We can't give God something that means nothing to us. It doesn't take faith to do that. How are you going to give God something you wouldn't give to a 15-year-old at their birthday party? Imagine what a 15-year-old is going to look look at you. You walk up and give a 15-year-old at their birthday party a card with a $5 bill in it. I know that there's some people that, you know, they're at the place where $20 is all they have left in the bank or, you know, $100 all that. 
And I understand God judges what you give by what's left over when you're done. Let me give you an example. Two people can give the same offering. It means two different things. Someone who has $1,050 in the bank could sow $1,000 and it means one thing. Somebody that's a multi-multi-millionaire could sow $1,000 and it means something completely different. They're the same seed amount, but they're the, they're not the, na- the same seed. I hope you see that. Someone that's got $1,050 that sows $1,000 and someone that's a multi-millionaire that sows $1,000, it ain't the same seed. Because it doesn't mean the same thing. It doesn't take the same faith and they don't feel it. God doesn't judge what you give by what you give. He judges what you give by what's left over after you give. You want proof in the scripture? Look at what the Bible says Jesus did standing in the temple by the treasury. Watch these rich people come down, toss their gifts into the treasury. And then a woman came down and with care placed in two mites. Jesus turns to his disciples and says, now this woman has given more than any of these other. And the disciples were like, how in the world is that possible? Look what they've been giving. And Jesus teaches them a lesson and a principle. Yeah, but they gave from their abundance. But this woman gave all she had. How did Jesus judge her seed? Not by what she gave, but by what was left over after she gave. It's the ratio that affects your life and affects your heart. That's how Jesus judges. It obviously takes far more faith for a person who has $1,050 left to their name to sow $1,000 than a multi-multi-millionaire to sow $1,000. The faith level's not the same. The seed amount's not the same. It's the same dollar amount doesn't mean the same thing. And it will reap two very different rewards. It will reap two very different rewards. And this is where... I had to learn that what I give to God has to mean something to me, has to mean something to me. I can't walk down and give God something that doesn't mean anything. It's a waste of time. I might as well keep it in my pocket. I might as well never write it out on the envelope. If it doesn't, I can never give God something flippantly because it doesn't bring a harvest. There's no faith attached to it. You know, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So how is God happy with a seed that I sow that didn't take any faith to sow? He's not happy. He's not happy. He is always responding to faith. He rewards those that diligently seek him. I can promise you, if I go down to the altar and drop a $20 bill in an offering plate, you can be sure I'm not diligently seeking the Lord in my sowing. I'm just not because that doesn't move me. I remember here, I've told this story because it makes me laugh. I was watching Christian TV and a dude got on and said, if you'll sow a $66 seed, a six-month healing anointing is coming on your life. I thought to myself, my God, first of all, I know that God wouldn't bless me for sowing $66 because it doesn't mean a thing to me to sow $66. I just went to Taco Bell last night. I was thinking this at the time. We're fasting right now. I was thinking this at the time. I went to Taco Bell last night and bought $66 worth of tacos for myself and then turned to them and said, what would you like? If I can drop 60 bucks on tacos, a $60 seed to God doesn't mean anything. And he knows it doesn't. So even if I call up and say, I'm going to sell that $66. I want that six month healing anointing. There is no six month healing anointing. 
P.S. The anointing doesn't have an expiration date. And so no matter what people say, you've got to understand that what I sow has to be meaningful to me. It has to mean something. Has to mean something. And the third reason I'm talking about this tonight is the third thing that'll keep you in a place where you're financially blessed is you're a tither and a giver. A tither and a giver. What you do for God has to mean something to you. Has to mean something to you. Number four, the fourth thing that will ensure that you're blessed is that you bless the poor. You bless the poor. Let me read you something here. Listen to Proverbs 19 and verse 17. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. Now look at Proverbs 22 and verse 9. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed for he shares his bread with the poor. There's a blessing that comes upon you. It's one of the things that's happening when you sow into this ministry. We bless the poor at a level. I called them to make sure. Of course, we partner with Feed the Hungry. I had uh, our office call them and I said, make sure. I was actually trying to get a dollar amount. I said, I want to make sure that we're in the top 1% of givers to this organization. And they called to find out. The call came back from the office. They said, I said, tell them to give me a dollar amount that we need to sow every month. That will put us in the top 1%. And they called back and said, you're already in the top 1%. I said, tell them to give me one to be in the top 1% of the 1%. I want to make sure we're doing what we can do to bless the poor. And we do it. We absolutely do it. When we go in to do these uh, different crusades in these cities, I'll call. They'll send in uh, tractor trailer trucks full of boxes of food. And we give them out for free to people that are struggling. Why? Because we want to do what the Bible says and bless the poor. And the Bible says when you do bless the poor, look what happens according to scripture. The Bible says you have a bountiful eye, will be blessed for he shares his bread with the poor. When you bless the poor, as Jesus said to do, not only does the Lord repay you, but the Bible says here you shall be blessed because you are generous and share your bread with the poor. Doesn't mean you'll solve world poverty. You won't. Jesus said the poor you'll always have with you, but it doesn't mean you should stop blessing the poor because there will always be poor people. It means you should keep on doing it because Jesus said to, and you'll keep being blessed. Number five, the fifth reason that you will be financially blessed is because you are Abraham's seed. It's part of your covenant that carried over. Man, I could preach on this one. Because see, the thing that God promised to Abraham, it was not a finite covenant. It was an infinite covenant. One of the things that stirs me up is that when God made his covenant with Abraham, if you study what they would do during cutting of covenant, one of the things they would do is they would cut an animal in half and let the two pieces fall to the ground. And then the two people that were coming into covenant with each other would walk in figure eight pattern around the two pieces of the animal on the ground, signifying never-ending covenant. I'm part of your tribe or family. You're part of my tribe or family. What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. We come into this together. This stirs me up. When God went to cut a covenant with Abraham, the pieces of the animal were cut and on the ground, but then 
God made Abraham very sleepy, the Bible says. And he passed out in sleep. And when he woke up, Abraham looked over in the, in the evening at the pieces of the animal. And there was the lantern going through in a figure eight motion, walking through the pieces of the animal by himself. God was saying to him, I don't need you to walk through these pieces because what I'm about to do right now is not based upon you. It's based upon me. It won't end with you. It will continue on into the New Testament. That's why we have Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29, where the Bible says that if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Look at this. I'll give it to you in the ESV. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise. The only way we could be a part of the thing he promised to Abraham is that covenant extends eternally. And it only extended eternally because God walked through the pieces himself. It was based on his integrity, based on his word, based on his power. That's why it extends. And now we get to be added into Abraham's seed as new believers, even though we were not born as Jewish people. The Bible says, Paul taught this, by the spirit of adoption, we were added into the family of God. And now we're Abraham's seed. And when God said, I will bless you and make you a blessing, hallelujah, that blessing is now ours. Because we're part of Abraham's seed, we will be blessed and we will be a blessing. He'll bless those that bless us. He'll curse those that curse us. It is in people's best interest to bless God's children because God said, I'll bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. You know why I don't ever have to pray and say, God, protect me from witches and witchcraft and warlocks and everything else. I don't care how many curses they try to launch. I don't care what they try to send my way. I don't care what they try to say in their little incantations. You can't curse what God has already blessed. And it is a very dangerous thing to attempt to curse God's people because God said, I'll get off my throne and I will curse those that curse you. Let me tell you something, that's something you don't want. You don't want to catch a stiff arm from God himself. You don't want to get stiff armed by God. You don't want to get resisted by God. You don't want him as your opponent. But he said, I will oppose the proud. You know who the proud are? People that think that their way is bigger than God's way. Their way is stronger than God's way. God said, I will actively oppose the proud and give more favor to the humble. We're the humble, the ones who acknowledge, I need God's presence, I need his power, I need his anointing, I need his glory, I need his increase, I need his blessing. So I'm going to obey his instruction. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. And when you do that, let me tell you something, that makes you the humble one. He gives more favor and grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. And you don't want God as your opponent. <laughs> you don't want God as your opponent. I don't want to catch a stiff arm from God because you don't just fall onto your butt. You just keep falling eternally <laughs> and you don't want that. You don't want that, but you can't curse what God's blessed. In fact, I want you to write this in the comments before I pray for you. I am uncursable. I want you to put it in the comments section. I am uncursable. 
Absolutely. I am uncursable. You can't curse me if God's already blessed me. How are you going to do that? That would have to mean your power is greater than God's power. There's no demon, there's no devil that has more power than God's power. If God's for you, tell me who can be against you. Who can be against you? Nobody. Nobody. And you're a part of Abraham's seed. You can't be cursed because you've already been blessed. He said, I will bless you and I'll make you a blessing. I'll bless those that bless you. I'll curse those that curse you. Amen. I said, amen. You're blessed. You can't be cursed. And you're going to see financial blessing hit you like you've never seen. I'm talking to the faithful now. I'm talking to the dedicated, to those that are pressing into God's power and doing what he's telling them to do. You're getting ready to see a violent increase and an expedited favor like you've never seen. I'm about to give you number six, Emmy. So number one, the Lord is your shepherd. Number two, you are holy. Number three, you're a tither and a giver. Number four, you bless the poor. Number five, you're Abraham's seed. And then number six, you have access to creative words and power. <laughs> I think that's Phil Barbie. He said, I'm uncursable canoe. <laughs> number six, I've got access to the creative power of my words. You realize you can speak things into existence. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. You can speak things into existence. You can speak things into existence. It's one of the things we've been doing. Why do you think I give you a confession that we can all confess in unity and declare 2020 is my year of violent increase. It's my year of expedited favor. I'll not diminish. I'll not be affected by the things going on by this antichrist agenda they're trying to hide behind the scenes and doing a horrible job of. No, I will be blessed. I will see never ending increase. The reason we say it and say it and say it and say it is because when I align my words with the words of God, guess what takes place? The same power that's released when his words come out of his mouth is the same power that's released when his words come out of your mouth. And the word existed from the beginning, by the way. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I like verse three and Without him was nothing created that was created. Everything you see came out of the word of God. Everything. Everything. That same power resides in you. You've got the power to speak life and to speak death. I dealt with this last night. If you see something that's coming against your covenant and against what God's given you, you speak death to it. Speak death to cancer cells. Speak death to bankruptcy. Speak death to divorce. Curse those things. Command them to loose their grip upon your life and begin to speak life. I can never be broke. I'm blessed. I have an abundance. I overflow. Everything I touch is blessed. Everywhere my foot treads, I have dominion. Everything I put my hand to has the favor of God upon it. Doesn't matter if I bite people's arms or not. 
Whatever I do, wherever I go, according to my covenant, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You start speaking the word of God. I can't be, I can't be sick. I can't be diseased. I can't have things going wrong in my body. I have the healing power of God at work in my body. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, quickens my mortal body. And right now, every organ of my body, my bloodstream, my bones, my skin are receiving a life-giving touch by the mighty power of the Holy Ghost. Anything that was sent by the devil to attack my physical body is dying right now under the mighty electrifying power of the Holy Ghost and passing from my body. Divine healing, divine strength, divine virtue, divine wisdom is flowing through my body right now. And by his stripes, I was healed. I can't be sick because he already healed me 2000 years ago. There ain't no virus that can touch me now. It's too late. You're too late to make me sick. I was healed 2000 years ago. That's why we talk like this, because the same power that's in his mouth is the same power that's in your mouth. Begin to speak by the word of God, your blessing. Don't say what everybody else is saying. Well, it's going to be a rough fall. It's going to be a rough winter, going to be a rough summer. Don't talk like all these other dummies that are talking. Amen. Speak what the word of God says. Don't declare into your future, going to be a rough summer, going to be a rough fall, going to be a rough winter. It ain't not for me. Not for me, it's not. It's going to be the best summer I've ever had. You know, people writing on, people aren't smart, man. Putting it on, Christians putting on Facebook, hashtag worst summer ever. Confess it for yourself, not me. Don't say that junk over me. It ain't my worst summer ever, best summer ever. Best fall ever. I'm increasing at an unprecedented rate. And so are you in Jesus' name. Unprecedented rate. You know what that means? It's never happened like this before in my life, and it's going to continue to increase. So are you. You're going to hold your testimony in your hand in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You will hold your testimony in your hand in the mighty name of Jesus. You speak it out of your mouth. Speak it out of your mouth. Mm. How can you be cursed when you are blessed? Whew. Oh, it's going to be good, Ryan and Abigail. It's going to be, this is going to be the best year we've ever had. We're going to finish with the best six months we've ever experienced. Ever. Ever. <laughs> it's going to be explosive, man. I can't wait to give you all the testimonies I'm storing up. I just can't give them to you yet. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a purpose. But God is blessing. He's blessing. Whoo, glory to God. I said glory to God. I think you ought to take a minute and just lift up your hands and begin to thank God that you're blessed and can never be cursed. Throw some hands in the comments section if you want to, but you ought to take a minute and begin to thank God that there is no devil that can curse you. There is no poverty that can grip your life. There is no bankruptcy that can take you out. There is no debt that will crush you. You are being blessed by the provider, the shepherd, the one who brings abundance, the Lord of the harvest, the Bible calls him. Somebody ought to take a minute and give God thanks and praise that the blessing belongs to you and you can't be cursed.
You cannot be cursed. Whoo. I'm telling you, man, I feel like dancing all over this room because I can't, there's nothing the devil can do to curse me. He can't. He wishes he could, but he can't. Can't curse you. Can't touch your family. Can't mess with your children. You're blessed. Supernaturally blessed. That's right, Amory. Speak it. He is good, Glenn. He is good. He is good. And he get it's just like better, better, better. Better, better, better. I keep getting people texting me with praise reports. I I read one person's praise report this morning, and Billion wrote, Was that all one person? <laughs> and it was. The whole testimony, all the different things that happened came from one person. We keep having it happen. Over and over, God just keeps doing it. And he's going to keep on doing it for the faithful, for those that are pressing in. That's it. I'm with you, Glenn. The blessing belongs to me. I'll never lack for any good thing. I'll never have to touch the bottom of the barrel. I will live out of the overflow. I will live out of the overflow. Can I have you write that? The faithful that are watching and and listening. Put that in the comments. Last thing. I will live out of the overflow. You know what that means? You'll never have to touch what's in the barrel. You'll be sustained by what overflows. Come on. Steve Martin just got added 200 to his pay as a bonus. Put it in the comments. I will live out of the overflow. You won't have to touch what's in the barrel. You won't have to touch what's in the container. Just what's pouring out will be more than enough to sustain you. I like this. I remember this was years ago now, but if my uncle is still on, he'll remember. He may remember saying this. He said, you ought to be so blessed. You ought to increase so steadily that you even have more trash than your neighbors do on trash day. And you know what? I absolutely believe that, and I do. (laughs) You ought to be so blessed and have so much abundance that you even have more trash than your neighbors on trash day. Excess, overflow. Don't let any religious person talk you out of the blessing of God, make you feel like you have to apologize for being blessed. Don't listen to religious nut jobs that try to make you feel bad or make you feel like you're greedy because you're believing for the increase. Because that's what they'll do, by the way, if you don't know, they'll try to make you feel like you either you love money or that you're greedy to, well, as long as all my needs are met, that's all I need. No, it's not all you need. How can you even be a blessing if you don't have excess to be a blessing? Let me ask you, What do you think? God wants you to have to go without so that you can bless other people? Or is there enough to go around? How could you be believing for extra when there's so many in this world without? Let me just say this to you. What somebody doesn't have will never determine what I do have. You need to get that in your spirit. What somebody else doesn't have will never determine what I do have. 
Never. It's not either or. It's both and. I can be blessed while blessing others at the same time. I don't have to give stuff up because other people don't have. That's a stupid way of thinking. Look at that. Justin said, someone just sewed $10,000 into my flight training for me to get into an airplane and pay for my flight training. I give God all the glory. That's a supernatural testimony. Supernatural, Justin. Amazing. You have an abundance for every good work. That's right. Justin, that's violent increase if I've ever heard it. Supernatural. And more and more things are going to happen like that because God's on us with this for the faithful. I'm telling you, his blessing is on us. We're going to see it. Maybe you're believing for that. I'm going to encourage you tonight. I don't often do this in this way because I've, I don't often teach on finance, but tonight I felt to. And God's speaking to people, the same financial increase is coming upon you, but the Lord's speaking to you right now to sow a seed. He's speaking to you to sow a seed. I'm going to explain to you what to do. I'm putting the information on the screen and I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge those of you that are watching to sow that seed that the Lord is telling you to sow. You can go to miracleword.com. It's the best place to do it. No matter where you are in the world, miracleword.com will work. You can click on the give page, the partner page, whatever you'd like to do. If you're in the United States, you can use PayPal, Cash App, or Venmo to sow a seed. And I want to challenge you. And I can tell by people that have been sowing that I see in the comments already that people are feeling exactly what I'm telling you. People are feeling to sow those seeds tonight because the Lord's speaking to you. And the reason he is, is because he has a blessing set aside for you. And so I'm going to encourage you right now. And I'm going to challenge you. Those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening on the podcast, if you scroll up to look at the description on the podcast, you'll see a link that you can click to sow a seed. Um, yeah, Kelly, if you didn't receive a link, if you used hashtag donate, just go to miracleword.com, Kelly, and do it on the website. It's the best possible way to do it. Look at that. Winona, another testimony. God paid off $8,000 of debt. Supernatural debt cancellation. $8,000 paid off. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what's been going on with hashtag donate, but I'm about to drop these guys into, in, into a ditch because people have been saying the same thing as you is that Kelly is like, where is the link coming up? And I've talked to the office about it. I'm, I'm thinking about just getting rid of these people altogether because they don't seem to be, they don't seem to have their act together, but easiest thing to do is go to miracleword.com and do what the Lord told you to do. Those of you that are watching, I'm challenging you. Take a moment tonight Step out by faith as we're fasting, as we're praying, as we're pressing in. Take a seed in your hand that the Lord is speaking you to sow. Don't just pray, don't just fast, but step out by faith and release that seed into the kingdom. Watch what God will do. I know right now that the Lord is speaking to some people to sow largely. I'm talking about in the thousands. Do that. Do what he's speaking to you to do. See, I can't tell you what it is because I'm not the Holy Spirit, but he'll tell you and he is telling you. Obey his voice. See, here's the key. If the Lord is your shepherd, 
He will always give you instruction and lead you. Like Isaiah said, he will lead you in the way you should go and teach you to profit. He'll teach you to profit. And that's what he's doing tonight. He's teaching you how to increase. How's he doing it? By giving you an instruction. You feel it in your spirit. You feel it in your heart. And so those of you that are watching, miracleword.com, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, do what the Lord's telling you to do. All the information's on the screen. The Venmo username is exactly the same as Cash App, MWGive. And as you give, I'm telling you, get ready for increase. Get ready for a supernatural increase. I sowed a first fruit seed not long ago. And let me tell you something. The blessing came instantly, instantly. And I'm going to share it here within the next month about all that God's done in just a quick period of time. May was our month for miracles. June was our month to hold our testimonies in our hand. God did both of those things for this ministry in two months. Just telling you. And I'm going to share it with you soon and it's going to blow your mind. By the way, if you're not on the behind the scenes conversation that we're having and that we continue to have, let me encourage those of you that are watching to sign up to receive text messages and you can text me, I can text you. Go to miracleword.com forward slash text. If you want to be part of this conversation that we're having, that I'm having with the Victory Tribe behind the scenes, do it. And we're talking. People are sharing their testimonies and, and their prayer requests with me. I'm sharing stuff with you. This is where all the information is going to go. This is where I'm going to tell the testimonies before anywhere else, before the broadcast, before anything else. It's coming to the family that's connected via text message. And so I want to encourage you, if you've not yet signed up, sign up and join me via text. And let's stay connected together. It's the best way for us to stay connected. Email doesn't always work. Too many emails in the inbox. Social media doesn't always work. Algorithms keep us from seeing everything we each other post. Text message is the best way for you and I to stay connected with each other. Sign up. Be a part of it. I promise you, I won't blow up your phone. That's not what it's for. But I will share with you what's important. And you can share testimonies and prayer requests with me. And I can pray for you. And it'll be great. I'm giving you a minute because I know God's speaking to people to sow their seed. How many can believe this is your year to be debt free? This is your year to see increase like you've never seen it. Can you imagine what that's going to feel like when you're completely debt free? Your car's paid off, house is paid off, no credit card payments. Literally, I mean, think about it supernatural debt cancellation. God will do it for you. If he did it for Winona, he'll do it for you. He's not a respecter of persons. He'll do it for you. Hallelujah. And I believe it's going to happen quickly in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for every person that's watching in Jesus' mighty name. Those that are being faithful to sow the seeds you're speaking to them, let a quick increase come into their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, let it be such a violent increase that people who know them will take notice, will actually mention it and give you the praise for it. Set us head and shoulders above the rest in Jesus' name. Touch us, use us for your glory before time runs out. 
in the wonderful name of Jesus. We thank you for it. We give you glory and praise. This is our year to see violent increase in expedited favor in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe it, somebody throw some hands in the comments section. Hallelujah. I'll be back in the morning. Carolyn's going to be back for session number three at 3 p.m. And I'll be back again tomorrow night at nine o'clock. I think one of the things that we'll do this week, I might take some questions from you guys. I know people have questions, so we may take some questions this week. I know that'll be helpful for a lot of people. On Sunday, we start in York, Pennsylvania. And the tent's going up. We're going to reach those people from the outside. Going outside the church, people will come under a tent that would never go into a church. It's going to be phenomenal. If you're anywhere close to York, PA, I want to encourage you to come. All the information's on the website. Go to miracleword.com. Thank you, Dave. And it's going to be powerful, man. Don't miss it. If you can be there, be there. I don't think it's going to be streamed. You're going to have to get there, man. It's going to be good. It's going to be very good. If there's any way for you to get to Uproar Conference in New York, you don't want to miss that one, my friends. You don't want to miss that one. This one, this year is going to be insane. Insane. You're going to want to be there for it. By the way, don't forget, if you've just logged on since we started, let me say this. Don't forget, Carolyn's brand new book is now available to order. Shop.miracleword.com. It's a 40-day devotional. It will bless you. Build your faith, teach you about confession and declaration. And once again, my brand new book, Further Faster, is available as well. Not only in the hard hardcover and paperback, but the ebook is available on all platforms. And you can grab it. It's available right now. Amazon King, Kindle, Apple Books. You can grab it immediately. It will bless you. And then obviously, for everybody that's sewing largely, um, thousand dollars or more we're going to be sending you a signed hardcover edition of further faster it's going to be great i love you guys man thanks for hanging with me tonight i pray that this built your faith get ready for the biggest harvests you've ever seen i'll be back with you in the morning 10 30 a.m three o'clock p.m nine o'clock p.m it's going to be a great day have a great rest i love you i'll talk to you soon Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.